Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Gooseknob Show. <clears throat> there are a few hot takes I want to rattle off real quick, if I can remember them all. Number one. Well, okay, let me just let me just list them out, and then and then I'll expand on them. So number one, Starbucks is lazy. Number two, I don't like uh, apologists of the current state of society, and. Uh, I think those, are, yeah, those are the two ones, and I don't know how they're connected, but maybe maybe there's a connection in there somewhere. Okay, let's go. So Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. Have you ever been into a Starbucks? Have you ever been in one recently? Um, I don't know. They seem pretty poorly put together, honestly, and and also the the quality just seems. I don't know. It seems. <laughs> let's 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 do a little analysis of Starbucks real quick. So, I think what really clued me into thinking that there's a problem with Starbucks is is the fact that you look at the the uh, the pastry the trink the little pastry trinket counter, right? All their little pastries and good goodies or whatever just looks super low quality and and i don't know the outside of the starbucks you know it looks it looks sleek it looks modern it looks bleh, whatever but you go inside i guess it looks nice right it looks okay but from what i've noticed the further you walk into a starbucks the worse it gets and the more closer you look the more you realize <coughs> that this is a a I don't know, some sort of feel like it's it's a it's a business that's being kind of barely held together by a few like really incompetent people. And not the people from the top up, right? I think the the model works, but like the people who built this model, they made it so okay. We have a system, right? The system is the Starbucks. The input to the system is some you know, liberal arts person who can't find a job, right? Or, you know, someone, <laughs> someone, someone who doesn't really have many practical skills and, uh, you know, I don't know, probably isn't very competent with, uh, you know, with, with technical stuff. I don't know. You can say, oh, what that, that's mean, that's mean. It's like, okay, I don't know. There's got to be some study out there looking at how many how many girls in the liberal arts can cook like i can cook i'm an engineer i can cook i can do a lot of pra- i can do a tons of practical things and and i can probably do way less practical things than you know like an actual tradesman right they're 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 way better at like doing things in life than i am most likely so if if a tradesman can do things better than i am and i know how to do a ton of stuff then hey i don't know someone who lives in their head all day I don't know. Seems to me like it's not everybody. Obviously, I have tons of friends in the liberal arts. But what I'm saying is, on average, I feel like many of them aren't don't have very practical skills. Um, and so anyway, my point is, Starbucks, the business bottle, is a baby-proof little business thing where it's like, oh, some. I don't know. You, you need to. You need to have. It needs to be idiot proof. It needs to be you know incompetence proof and whatever. 
because you know the the the, uh, the college to Starbucks pipe pipeline in the liberal arts is a is a is a is a, is a real and big thing. <laughs> anyway, this is, oh, yeah. So this 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 talk is hinging on pridefulness. Anyway, my my point is, well, I think that there's way too many people in the liberal arts. That's what I'm. That's kind of it's kind of where I'm coming from here. Um, and I don't know. I think I think I think calling yourself uh, someone who studied oh I I studied art, the in the arts and the College of Arts and Sciences you know having 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 like uh, like some really soft not even science soft oh they call it the science you know it's not a science it's just you know a soft mush you know it's a soft oh I I I I, I read some books and I wrote a written multiple choice test right that's not that's not science, right? Making that this on the same level as physics and chemistry, like that's just stupid. You know, the, the physics and chemists put in way more effort than 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 ninety nine percent of people in 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 these these other programs. So to say that they're equivalent or comparable, I don't know, man. You're making a a stretch. I I'd say. Um. So anyway. Whatever, whatever. Ah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, and forget it. Whatever. I I don't know. I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a there's a uh, there's a uh, there's a there's a dormant resentment of of uh, of the liberal arts that's it's that's uh, that's deep that I shoved deep down inside of my subconscious that I haven't fully reconciled with. Um, <laughs> probably, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. See, we're, 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 we're both learning things today. We're both learning things today. I'm learning things about myself and you're, there's gotta be at least one new thought that you've had over the course of this podcast. There's gotta be at least one, even if it's inconsequential, this one thing that you've, you've probably learned anyway, enough defending myself. Let's go back into the real point. Um, Starbucks. Oh yeah. So, so Starbucks, it looks like a system, like a business model. It's designed for like little kids, little incompetent, you know, children, adult, adult children who, uh, who, who, who need to be handheld through an entire process. So I don't know. Let's look at, let's start at the pastry line, right? The pastries, they look like it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It just seems like idiot proof. It looks like, I mean, there's a bunch of boxed pastries that they shove in an unappetizing, uh, you know, little, Behind some unappetizing glass, and you can tell that it, it looks like it's been sitting there for days, right? It's not fresh. It's made. It's it's held together by preservatives and whatever, and and it's just there. The thing that's even more disturbing is like the oh the the breakfast burritos and the other like you know the other savory foods that are there that look like oh w- wow you're actually selling that. It looks like it looks like. I don't know. You can tell it's not fresh, and and even if it is, oh, it is fresh. Which I, I'd say there's a, I, I could not see how that's fresh, but let's say let's say it is fresh. It still looks like it isn't. Uh, I don't know. So so, 
from my from my interpretation, from my from my layman's perspective. It looks like I mean, they just tacked on the the the, the food portion of this coffee shop. Um you know, and the way that they do it is just by importing in a bunch of preservative laden you know wheat products and then just having it decay behind a counter you know so it looks like a a fully fleshed coffee coffee shop and i and my point here the big point i'm trying to make man i'm sounding unhinged here but the point i'm trying to make is that starbucks professes itself to be a real institution that requires, you know, respect and whatever, and oh, you know, you should trust us. But really, it's a bunch of cardboard. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of, you know, it's it's a it's a structure made of cardboard and string and duct tape that is trying to look like a legitimate legitimate thing. And then you say, well, oh, but I like the Starbucks coffee, and I like the trinkets, and I like the pastries and whatever. It's like. You know, the coffee is just, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, they've got processes for it, right? There's just simple processes that the people follow and there's, you know, oh, you put in X amount of syrup and da, 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 da. And it's, it's all just, you know, syrup and sugar and whatever, right? And, and that's another foolproof type of thing. It's just like, oh, you, you know, just, it's, it's sugar water, sugar, this and that, you know, sludge. And sure, they can make a lot, but it's like it's just a simple recipe book. Um, but anyway, I think I think I've made the point about about it being a a cardboard structure. But then you'd say, well, Gusnov, if it's just a cardboard structure, then how is it making money? Why is it so successful? Why do I like going there? Well, my, my the reason is because. You know who's holding up this entire institution? The food scientists. There's there's probably like, I don't know what the market evaluation of Starbucks is, but like there's probably tens to hundreds to maybe even billions of dollars going into uh, probably the food science to this stuff. You know, they're trying to make an, something that's as addictive as possible. That's as simple to make as possible. Without any drugs, except for caffeine and sugar. So, so essentially what they do is, uh, I don't know, they create, they create an incredibly compelling line of drinks and such. And, and if you've ever been to Starbucks recently, it's like the drinks are great. The drinks are amazing. The drinks taste really good. But it's not because it's a, oh, look, it, they're trying to make it look like a pop-up or not a pop shop, like a like a mom and pop coffee shop and blah 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 and whatever and oh this is legitimate and blah blah blah. But really what it is is a bunch of incompetent people behind a counter uh with a with a very intricately designed business model that is designed to well, it's designed for people who, you know, like an idiot could do it. I made this point too much. I'm sure there there are many people, who, great people, who work at Starbucks. I'm just saying that the way that it's designed is, uh, well, it's probably a very, um, well, you know, it's simple, but it's just a 
you know. <sighs> anyway, my point is, my point being, um, you know, it's trying to look like a legitimate business, but really what it is, is it's not a, it's not a coffee company. It's a, it's like a drug company in a sense where the drug is a, is a designer, you know, chemical c- mixture. You know, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a compound. It's not a, it's not a, a unique kind of molecule that they're using, right? Like what you'd find in methamphetamine or whatever. Not necessarily, but it's a mixture, which is just a combination of multiple other parts that aren't really something when in, in their individual components, but put them together, it's something very different, right? So it's a, it's a drug company that uses mixtures instead of compounds, I would say, I would argue, because they, they, there's probably so much iteration and thought that goes into, oh, how do we create the best drink imaginable? How do we create something that'll get people coming back? Uh, and that's how they do it, you know? And the other thing is, you know, how do they create a unappetizing, disgusting pastry, uh, pastry behind a glass thing that, that's obvious it's been sitting there for days and days and days, you know, and, and still get people to buy. It's like, I'm a, I'm a be honest. I'm a be honest, fellas. I bought a pastry from there. And I'm a be honest. It was pretty good. I don't know. I, I, I've had, I have, I have, I don't know how I got it. But I got two star or three Starbucks cards just burning a hole in my wallet. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I got, I gotta, I gotta use this up before I forget about them. Um, but yeah, the pastries are good, even though they look horrible. It's clear that they're full of preservatives. It's, uh, you know, the food scientists did a good job, you know, and, and I, I, I gotta say, I would, it would be good to have another one. I would love another another good little Starbucks pastry in my stum- stummy. It would be a nice little thing, right? And the, 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 the hot cocoa with peppermint I ordered, that tasted really good too. So, anyway, I hope I've made my point. Whatever that point may be. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. What was the second thing I wanted to talk about? I want to talk about this the Starbucks thing a little more, but, um, I don't don't want to forget about the original point. The original point is I hate apologists of like the current system because I mean, when you get, when you're, when you're at like kind of, you know, average level politics, you know, people have like, you know, it's not like ultra extreme, but they have, you know, just like, I don't know. I'd, I'd say that people People have like mid-level radical ideas. You know, they say, "Oh, we, I want to change this." Oh, like, like for example, leftists—they're like, "Oh, we want free college and we want, you know, free this and free healthcare and free blah blah blah." It's like, you know, that's kind of a radical policy, you know, but it's really not based on anything, and it's really, you know, it's just like, oh, the the it's stupid, you know. It's like there's really much thought that goes into that. You can say, "Oh, there is a lot of thought." It's like. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Sure, great. When you go f- further up, the person who actually suggested that in the first place, yeah, sure. Uh, there's probably some bigger justification and whatever, but no, 
the, 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 the boots on the ground, 100 IQ, 110, 120 IQ people who are peddling these points, they, 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 don't, have a, a, they don't have a good reason to create stuff like this or, or to, to, to peddle that point. They, they haven't really done much thought on this. The, the thought that they've done in terms of un, looking at the third and fourth order consequences, looking at the, the, the actual, you know, the ethics behind it, like, oh, what's actually, what does this actually mean? You know, like, oh, maybe the system of college is actually a bad thing and not like, like, like they, they it's, it's obvious that people who peddle points around, you know, the average discourse, right? They're, 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 it's, it's, they're stupid points. They're stupid points. Um, but they're radical. That's my point. They're a little, they're a little radical. You know, they, they want bigger change, at least as far as I've seen. But once you get higher level, I would say, once you get higher level in the political discourse, I think something interesting happens because there's, there's like three different, you know, there's right, left, and then there's people who like the status quo at the center of, of like just, you know, average level politics. And, 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 and that's like the stupidest group, I would say, because they're like, they don't really, well, it's either stupid or smart because either people don't care about politics and they care about their jobs, which is admirable i'd say but then there's also people who just like or like you know just just advocates for the current system but they but then they don't really apply any policies and really say much about what should we do given given my support for the average system they just kind of go with the flow but as you go higher in the political level I think that you notice that there are some, there are many intellectual people who, who actually very heavily support and provide a intellectual backbone for what the status quo is, which is really funny because you never see this at the average levels of politics. You never see this at low level discourse. You never see low level discourse talking about why, why is, um, why is, a foreign expansion of, of the United States military industrial complex. Why is that a good thing? You know, why, why, why did we need to go into the Middle East? You know, why did we need to uh, stay there for like 30 years or whatever? Oh, why do we need to, why do we need to, uh, you know, do all this other political science stuff and whatever? Why do we need to, why, why do we, why do we take in it? Like, you know, a, a world policeman type of, you know, why do we have a world policeman ideology rather than like isolationism of the nineteen nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds? And and there are many people, there are tons of people who who have a a very like a radical, a radical. You think that right radical right wingers and radical left wingers are radical? Like these people are like just as, if not more, radical than those people. And, 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 and they basically, I, I'd say that they, they see many of the things or if not most of the things in the current society, and then they try and justify it as best they can, uh, with, with, with the facilities that they have, the faculty, faculties or facility, whatever, so the way that they, they, you know, with their mental power, with their creativity and whatever, they, they come up with as many justifications as they can. And they create like as like a, like a semi-intellectual backing to it, which is interesting. But I've seen this multiple times. Like I saw saw one guy. I mean, he essentially. I mean, he was. Well. Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to give too much information, but I've seen people who have supported 
And, and these are smart people, right? But what they're doing is they're just, you know, they're being apologists for the current system. That's what they're doing. And essentially, like you see, I've seen people who like have been like intellectually giving, giving out a case to me for why the, the, like a one world government is like the best thing to do. And I've seen people who say, have said like, you know, who have given a, a, uh, you know, as, as, as boring and as, you know, the most boring and, and intellectually, you know, like the, the, like an old, an idea that isn't new at all. And everyone's kind of, you know, the default option, you know, in, in the modern society on like the civil war and, and world war one or world war two and da, 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 you know, they choose the default option for everything. And then they argue as much as they possibly can to, 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 to bring it up. And, you know, it's like, they make good points. I don't think they're right at all though, but they do, they do make, you know, probably as good of an argument as you possibly could for this type of stuff. And, and, uh, the point, the point I'm making there is that it's just kind of, uh, it's, 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 that's a very funny archetype because I think most people, they kind of interact with people who are, you know, in the intellectual spheres too, like people who are like kind of opposed to the system. And maybe that's just the, the spheres that I've been a part of. And it's been rarer to find like neoliberal, uh, neolib um, apologists, but It's just funny to see, you know, it's very funny to see like, oh yeah, it's no, gosh, it's a, yeah, but, but uh, there's a lot of these people who are creeping under the woodwork and maybe I think, I think that honestly thinking about it a little more, like every smart person who hasn't completely checked out of society probably thinks like this, like honestly. Every smart person that is pro- that probably, you know, is a you know an advocate of our society to some level, you know, isn't someone who wants to see large change, you know, like people who say, oh yeah, we need we need to support our democracy and we need to support this and you know what I I like the way things are going, you know, people who aren't saying like oh we need to build a a Christian theocracy or we need to return on a mass scale to 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 Catholic values, or we need to in, in instill communism in the United in the United States, or we need to, you know, we need to, you know, demolish our democratic system for a more decentralized, you know, uh, socialist type of thing. You know, people people who like advocate, people who don't advocate for stuff like that. and who are very smart, I think that all of them probably have very intricate justifications for everything that that exists within our system, I would say. Probably, probably. It seems to me that that's a likely outcome. Because, I don't know, if you're smart, then why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be thinking about every possible outcome? Or not outcome, but like every... Why wouldn't you try and justify your own beliefs? Because I think everyone, everyone thinks that they're right. I think that's... St. Thomas Aquinas, everyone thinks that they're a good person or something. I think, and I'm butchering his quote, but everyone who, everyone thinks that they're a good person. 
And I mean, if there's nothing really that forces you to change your perspective, then you're probably just going to justify the worldview and the place that you exist, you know, especially if you're just, you know, an average political thinker, then you're going to just justify it. And since you're smart, you're going to come up with pretty good justifications, which is just going to make it so that it's harder for you to budge. And it's going to make you more, you know, more accepting of the world that you live in. And I think the flaw or the risk in that is that it makes you blind to what is going to, or it makes you blind to the trends. It makes you blind to how society changes because society isn't static. You know, I've talked about this in many different episodes of this podcast, but you know, we exist within a dialectic and the way that and things change. And I'd say that there isn't really a, there isn't an end of history. It, it will always change. It will always be morphing and, and adapting. And, and, and I think that everyone, everyone who's, who is a supporter of our society thinks that, you know, we've reached the end. Oh, we've reached the end of this and that. It's like, hundred years ago, people thought that we reached the end of what science could do, you know. We reached the end of, 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 of technological and, and intellectual progress. If they probably thought, oh, we, we reached the end of politics, you know, things will never change. Oh, we reached the end of this and that. It's like, no, we, you think that, you, that we reached the end because we live in a somewhat stable time. But stability changes and cultures shift. And the constant throughout human history is a is is a is shifting adaptations and you know and i i don't think i don't think it's really reasonable to say that things will just stay constant but 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 that's what i'd say most a- average intellectuals or maybe not average but you know like um you know uh, apologists of the system who are extremely smart Let's call them just system apologists, you know, and I'll, I'll, let's assume that they're extremely intelligent. The system apologists, they, oh, let me grab my, grab my thoughts here again. Let me collect myself. Um, system apologists. Like the system apologists of any time think that they're in the end of, end of history, things, things will never change because they've probably, they've, you know, there's, there's, there's no disconnect between, you know, what the ideal is and where they actually are, right? If you, you know, you just tacitly accept, you know, the the default state is to, to just accept where you are and say, this is it, you know, this is good. You know, the the default state is to be an, a system apologist. And, but it takes ta- it takes effort and it takes you know creativity to think outside of the system which, which most people are not creative and maybe it's a bad thing too because I mean hell if you if you if you if you if you if you deviate from the system too much I'd say then you ha- you run the real risk of causing horrible atrocity right like like communism and Nazism and all this stuff whatever but system apologies apologism is the default state and and since it's the default state most people go to it especially intellectuals and since 
many of these intellectuals, may, maybe not most, but like, you know, many if not, or most or whatever, of these intellectuals just default to system apologism, just like everyone else in society. Because they do that, you know, they'll also justify it. Because if you're really smart, you better justify your beliefs. You can't just... You can't just say, oh, this is something that I believe and then not think about it. You're probably going to be thinking about it a lot. And especially men. Men think about politics a ton. Not just like, oh, the social... Oh, I care about the social things. I care about... No, they care about the structures of society and how it all operates. And I'll... There's... I read a data science book that kind of confirms that all. But, but anyway, my point is... They're, they're thrust into a situation... Where they just say, oh, you know what, I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept the belief of what the society says. And then they accept the belief, and then I think it starts a positive feedback loop where their intellect ends up self-reinforcing the, the belief system that they already have. And then they believe that their belief system is rock solid, given years and years of, of justification of it. And then once all that is done... then they end up looking at society through the eyes of someone who has, you know, put a considerable amount of effort thinking about the politics of the society and then justifying it. And doing so, I'd say many system apologists, even if they have small quandaries of society, will think that they live in essentially a utopia of sorts, or maybe the best society you could live in. Or, you know, the end of history. Some, something that where nothing really new needs to be done, you know? Now, obviously, there's a grand narrative at play, you know? And in the, in the current society, it's like the, the narrative of, of the democracy, right? We need to save the democracy. There are these evil actors, you know, like the Nazis and the Nazis and the, and the white supremacists and the Nazis and... And the Nazis that are trying to overthrow our government, just like January January 6th. But we need to trust in our democratic process and our democracy. And that'll be the way that we get through all this. You know, we just need to stick to our principles of our utopian society and that'll, and the things will work out. We just need to, we got to do democracy harder. And if it requires some tough love, then so be it. We'll just throw them away, throw them into the courts. And our court democracy, that'll solve everything. Anyway. But but the point point there is that <laughs> they uh yeah, they 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 they're really good at justifying this stuff. And it's just funny to hear them talk about this type of stuff because you just hear the most wild arguments. You know, something that 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 is just like, wow, you got that from that? Like, your principles are like insane. Because I don't know, I, I find that, that I don't know, if you think that, if you think our society is in a good spot, if you think it's a good place, like, you're, you're stupid. Let's like, it's like, sure, sure. Our society has done a, an incredible amount. I'd say that we're, we're extremely stable. There's a lot of very good things in our society. And, and, and to say that, like, oh, it's just hell on, well, it is hell on earth to an extent, but it's also, you know, it's not the worst it can be. And, 
and and you gotta you gotta you gotta accept that for what it is too right but you can't also say that it's like perfect but it's just funny it's it's insane to hear people who whose values align exactly with our society you know you know the people who would like listen to bill gates and the the guy eat oh <laughs> you will eat the bugs and you will be happy and you will own nothing like people like that you know the the, the ruling class who have who who are in lockstep with them it's just funny to hear them kind of argue about you know it's funny to hear things from their perspective because it's just like i don't know it's like it honestly so honestly they they have they they would profess themselves to have principles that are you know objective and outside of society but i would say that their principles their their real principle isn't the ones that the society holds it is the principle of it begins with the principle of i will go along with what is popular and what is yeah what well, what is popular in our society and then from that from that one principle this entire intellectual framework pops up around it and then justifies it right but i think that at the end of the day it's based on it's it's a house built on sand it's not built on rock and i feel like like potentially maybe if if the maybe if the society falls apart and people stop stop supporting it or whatever if it becomes unpopular then these people might change their tune as well and i say that that's true to an extent but i'd also say that we have we have we have psychology and neurobiology to to worry about here because once you hit 25 your brain stops developing i think once you hit 30 your 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 intelligence moves like rapidly from like crystal to to or from fluid uh intelligence to like crystallized intelligence right you can't really change the way you think and you it's not like oh it just happens when you turn 30 it's like it's a process you know when you're younger you have fluid intelligence you can change your mind and your views and your understanding of the world but then once you hit a certain age like it becomes much harder to kind of change that so i think that 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 that's 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 another problem that that we, we might see you know if society changes more and more and more then the people who who who's really pre- the intellectuals whose only principle really is do what's popular. Some of them are going to change, but I think a lot of them, because of their crystallized intelligence of being older, they're not going to be able to adapt and they're going to probably still stick to their guns of neoliberalism. And, and, and I think that's where the loyalists come from, you know, people who are, who are, you know, supporting the old position, even though it's the flaws are made apparent and an improved system is kind of offering itself up. Um, I mean, these people are, will never change, I'd say. Some of them. The other people, they just go along with whatever, whatever is popular, which is just, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about that for a second and then I'll end this podcast. I hate the word podcast. Um... Oh, gosh.
but I really, I really don't like that, that principle of just do what's popular. I really don't like it. I really don't like it. And, and this is honestly coming from, I mean, I'd say that I'm not a, I don't know. I'd say that the way that I think about reality, like if everyone thought the way I think, I think society would probably collapse because I don't know. I, I, I really, I genuinely don't really care about what other people, um, like think about politics or whatever, if they think, oh, well, no, actually that's the right way in you. It's like, I don't know. I think that the only real, one of the only real things that I've used to justify things is pragmatism. Like, does the system work? Is it something that'll, that'll be something that, that, that is, you know, if it works, if it works, then cool. And, 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 and popularity doesn't really come into my into into kind of what I what I what I believe is true not not very much I'd say that what what I do resort to which is different I would say is deferring judgment of things that I am not well versed in to people who are more well versed in and more well read and studied in than I am so like like let's say theology someone someone's read a lot more books on theology than I have and then I'll listen to what they have to say and what their their insights are, and I'll probably I'll probably accept their insights tentatively. Or if someone understands things about politics and philosophy and stuff like that, I'll probably listen to them and I'll say, you know what, that makes sense. Um, and I'll see where that leads me and and everything else. But popularity is something that doesn't really come into my field of view. And I think it's just because I'm creative, which is not a you can say, well, you can't call yourself that. It's like, bro, I think that that's, I think that's the only re- redeeming quality of myself. I think it's the only thing that, that I'm good at. I'm just creative. Not, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the, uh, not anything else, but I am creative. So that's, that's, that, I'm going to give myself that credit. So anyway, and creativity is something that isn't just default good. Like, like. Like it's, 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 it's a risky, it's a risky evolutionary strategy, but it could also be rewarding if necessary. Um, but anyway, I've talked about, talked enough about that. My point is that the default of humanity is to go along with what is popular, to follow the herd. And this is true from people who are extremely intelligent to people who are very stupid. And, and this is the safest strategy because let's say you were in a in a in a area with a tyrannical ruler, right? If everyone is acting like a herd, right? Is the ruler just going to kill everybody? Like that wouldn't make any sense. Then you wouldn't be a ruler anymore, right? You know, the ruler isn't going to go after the 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 herd. It's going to go after individuals who are sticking their neck out, right? Because those are the threats to him. No, it's like the Genghis Khan problem. Like, if if there's a bunch of people standing, they, you would line people up, and then if someone was, like, above a certain height, you know, you'd say, okay, this is the guy who's the standard, and then everyone who's taller than this guy gets killed. It's like, that's that's how human history has worked, you know? The extremes 
there's a larger selection bias on killing the extremes than there is on killing the average, right? So what people do essentially is they, is they, on average, I would say probably 70, 80% of people default to going along with, with the collective intelligence of everyone else in that society without really thinking much about like what they're actually doing. And then they just say, okay, you know what? Everyone's thinking of this. I'm just going to do this. And, they, and, and, and from that, from just going along what everyone else does, they're much more likely to survive. They're much more likely to survive because they're not sticking their head out. And you don't need to have principles. You just need to act like you do, even though you only have one principle. You know, it's a Chinese room problem. You know, it's like, you know, the Chinese room where someone's in a room and then they're given a bunch of Chinese characters without really seeing anything on the outside. And they have a book that has a bunch of rules and they just follow the rules and then they output uh, other Chinese characters and, and, and what they're actually doing on the outside of the room is like, it's like you put in words and then words come out and it's like, it's talking to you. Right. But what's actually happening is just, just following like a, like a stupid rule system that isn't conscious or really aware of what it's doing. And I'd say that this is how most people operate in terms of high level ideologies. People don't really think about what's going on. They just live according to these, uh, base level genetic, um, principles of, follow along with whatever everyone else is doing or else you're going to die. And that's, that's a very powerful principle. It's a very powerful principle. And to say that, oh, that's just stupid is I, I, if, if I, if it sounded like that, if I sound like, like I was saying that, then that's, that's on me, my bad, but it's not a stupid principle. It's smart for society. That being said, I don't like it. I really don't like it. I think I, I really hate that the principle of, you know what, I'm just going to go along with what everyone else says because I'd say that society is actually a lot stupider than in terms of what it, people think that they want. Society is a lot stupider than, well, it's really, I, I don't know. I, I really think it's just unprincipled, it's stupid, and it is, uh, it is fraught with problems and immorality. And you really need to think deeply about what you are consciously doing in order to, you know, live a good life, but, you know, um, you know, to create a functioning society. Now, I will say the collective intelligence of humanity when applied to like a market system or, or some other form of system that is not based on you know, that, that is that is selected for intelligence rather than on the average, you know, because my, my point here is like the average is determined by democracy. Democracy is idiotic. Democracy is idiotic because most people, you know, the average IQ is 100 for, for, for white people in, in the United States. Average IQ is 100. An IQ below 100 is stupid, is like really stupid. An IQ up to maybe 120 is like, eh, you know, you're a midwit level ideology. And most people, like probably 70 to 80 plus percent of people are below that. It's like, okay. Now, that's not a value judgment of like, okay, well, there, there can be, I'd say that there can be very good principled and very, you know, you know, very well principled people with like, you know, like, 
lower levels of intelligence, right? But on the collective, a bunch of people with low levels of intelligence aren't going to come up with very good ideas. And they're also more susceptible to, you know, being convinced of idiot, idiotic things like, oh, you know, you, we just need to give free health care to everybody, whatever. Um, and, and that's what democracy does. Democracy selects for the average and the average votes stupidly. And that is also how the culture goes. You know, the culture goes for the average. You know, culture goes for the stupid average because the average is stupid, right? IQ 100 and below is really stupid. Now, um, where were we going with this? But the alternative, which is really amazing, is a market economy. Now, a market economy, I'll go into that, but I'll go into that in a second. But, but there's a market economy and there's probably other forms of, you know, a uh, a different selection mechanism for utilizing the the computational power of all humans, which is amazing. We need that. There's probably other ways, but the best system that I I'd, I see that we have to harness this right now is is an economic system. And what it does, what it does, which is amazing, is it selects for intelligence, because more intelligent people, on average, tend to make more money then people were less intelligent on average. So what a market economy does is it gives intelligent people a huge vote. It gives them, you know, hundreds of, hundreds of thousands or millions or billions of dollars. And their vote is where they put the money. What are they deciding to invest in? What are they deciding to, to generate, you know? And by doing so, society has changed and developed and you can't you can't uh you can't fake that you can't you can't go around how how the money is spent you know because it's not like a a nebulous thing you know it's a real it's a real symbol for 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 human time and economic uh potential that is what money is right and people people's the computation occurs when you spend it, right? When you make the judgment and decision to, you know what, I'll put my money into this and I'll, I'll invest it here, right? And by doing that, if you do that trillions of times with everyone's um, spending in the entire society, then as a whole, you end up making decisions on how everyone's time and energy is spent. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a form of a supercomputer, I'd say. And, and the reason why it works, I would say... The reason why it's better than a democratic system of, of, of that type of a supercomputer or whatever is because it is selected for intelligence. You know, smart people get the big, bigger vote. And uh, anyway, <laughs> gosh, this was a this was a quite a ramble, but. Anyway, the point, the point being that I don't like the principle of just going along with what everyone else says, even though it's, it's a good survival strategy. Um, and, and uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess the final thoughts would be if, if you... Well, and I'd say everyone, everyone, everyone has this to an extent, unless you're completely deranged. But everyone is socialized and, you know, goes along with the crowd to an extent. You know, some people do it more than others, but, 
but everyone does it to some extent. And I'd say that if you're like, if that's the, if, if you're, to the extreme level, you see that your thoughts and the way that you see and understand the world is shaped by this fundamentally, then maybe you've got you to gotta use your conscious mind to think yourself out of this. You've got to say, oh, you know, okay, I am, I am, uh, I am influenced too much by what is popular and what is, you know, a safe idea to have. And genetically, that is really what I want to do. And, and I can't really, it's going to hurt to think otherwise. But I would say that just given going forward into our future, we got to start thinking differently about things because I don't think our system right now is a, I don't think this is a system that will allow humanity to survive forever. So we need a, we, we need a change, and, I, and we will change. Things will, will, will get better, I would say, after this civilizational cycle ends. But um, I don't know. It would be helpful if, if more people thought about this. So if you, if you, if you find yourself being uh, uh, convinced too much by the majority, then maybe try and just realize that is what it is, you know, and then try thinking about an alternative while you still have crystallized intelligence and while you still can think in an alternative way. Anyway, I think I've made my points. Hopefully it didn't sound too condescending or whatever, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think out loud here. And I want to say, sorry, sorry to all the liberal arts majors. I don't want to, I don't want to make you feel bad about yourselves. I just think that it's a... It's a... Not questionable decision. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a questionable decision to get a degree in that. Especially today. Especially when degrees are so devalued. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't know, maybe I have a little bit of animosity towards the, uh, the artoid, the artoid archetype. Ugh. I didn't mean to offend. All right. Love you guys. Check out Gustav.com. DM me on Gustav. Uh, email me at quantumstav at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. See you later.